0: What's up, everybody? We are at a point now where the one thousand year period of the millennial kingdom has come to an end. The kingdom itself still exists with Jesus on the throne and will continue until the time of the great white throne judgment. But you know that is where all the dead uh, or unbelievers are judged before the throne of God for their unbelief. However, the thousand years was a time period designated for the perfect rule of Christ and for you know complete peace and prosperity of His people. And it was to fulfill a promise you know, that God made to their forefathers. So in some ways, though, it does give a small glimpse of what is to come. But once that time runs out, God's plan must finish playing out. The devil is set loose to tempt and deceive the Gentile nations of the world once more. His mission and purpose is to deceive the majority of the world into thinking that God has unjustly rewarded Israel. He will trick them into believing that they should attack Israel, more specifically Jerusalem and the temple, and and take all the spoils for themselves because they deserve it. Satan will help instigate the creation of this evil plan and will recruit a man referred to as Gog from the land of Magog. and Today, we will take a look at how this plan unfolds according to to God's plan and the end result or aftermath. Now, we know that Ezekiel 38 tells us that God will cause the great horde of nations to turn their sights on Jerusalem. He will draw them out of their land. The evil plan is, to, is set in motion by the devil who is playing right into God's hands. The nations will believe they can win because of their numbers and because Jerusalem has no walls or defenses. They did not need to, They, you know, they didn't need them under the millennial kingdom. And Israel has no enemies until Satan is released. So it will appear as though they are completely defenseless and they will think, man, that is an easy target. What I see here is that as soon as the devil is loose, he will go straight to provoking man's pride and greed. He will foster envy and jealousy. He will cause the nations to covet what Israel has. And fool them into believing they deserve it, they deserve to take it, and should take it. Isn't that you know really what he does today? He fools us into believing, uh, you know, these lies that that really just play on our sin nature. You know, his tactics have remained the same throughout the ages, because they work on sinful man, especially those who are not covered by the blood. You know, that being said, let's take a look at what Ezekiel says in chapter 30, thirty-eight, verse seven through nine. It says, get ready, be prepared. You and all the hordes gathered about you and take command of them. After many days, you will be called to arms. And in future years, you will invade a land that has recovered from war, whose people were gathered from many nations to the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They had been brought out of the nations and now all live in them in safety. You and all your troops and the many nations with you will go up, advancing like a storm. You will be like a cloud covering the land. This is what God is saying uh, will be told to Gog of the land of Magog. Okay, so God is saying this is, what, this is what the message that will be relayed to Gog in that day. Gog, God will send someone to instruct Gog to get ready, start preparing for battle that means fashion your weapons and armor you know he tells you know he tells Gog to take command of all the nations gathering for battle under him they will need to train and prepare for this battle none of them have ever seen war or any weapons of war so Satan will have to instruct them and show them how to wage war but notice what Ezekiel says regarding the timing He says, after many days, you will be called to arms. So after many days of preparing, they will come together for battle. But right after that statement, he says that in future years, you will invade. And then he describes the land of Israel and says, you and all your troops and the many nations will go up advancing like a storm, like a cloud covering the land. So as it pertains to to this unknown time period, starting at the end of the thousand years, and extending to the end of this battle the only clue we have is what ezekiel says here in verse 8 when he says that in future years they will invade israel and surround it so the phrase you know future years is kind of vague and could be a couple years or more we don't know even the preparation phase is just it just says that after many days they will be called to arms so it's unclear how many days or years that this time period will will consume but that can have a it can have great variance based on this description but we can gather from this that the thousand years doesn't just end and bang there's a battle and it's all over and the throne judgment begins that clearly is not what happens ezekiel 38 10 through 12 says this is what the sovereign lord says on that day thoughts will come into your mind and you will devise an evil scheme so who do you think is the author of this evil plan whispering in their ears of course the devil himself that is what he does it's what he does today with all of us and anybody else that that gets deceived by these lies ezekiel continues and says you will say i will invade a land of unwalled villages. I will attack a peaceful and unsuspecting people, all of them living without walls and without gates and bars. This is how we know it is referring to the time period following the millennial kingdom. So continuing on, they will say, I will plunder and loot and turn my hand against the resettled ruins and the people gathered from the nations, rich in livestock and goods living at the center of the land, Sheba and Dedan, And the merchants of Tarshish and all her villages will say to you, have you come to plunder? Have you gathered your hordes to loot, to carry off silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods and to seize much plunder? So they will covet what Israel has and will see them as an easy target. God even says in verse 14, will you not take notice? Talking about Gog taking notice that Israel is defenseless and peaceful You know, verse 15 says that they will come from the north and all will be riding horses. That is a lot of horses, by the way. The entire army is on horseback. And remember, it's it's a number so large that it can't even be counted, like the sands on the seashore. But verse 16 reveals God's motive and purpose of his plan and why he causes this great army to invade Jerusalem or surround Jerusalem, invade Israel. God says, you will advance against my people like a cloud that covers the land. In the days to come, Gog, I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know may know me when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. Even here it says, in the days to come, alluding to the nature of this unknown amount of time. But God is clear that he will bring this army uh, this great army out of their lands and caused them to march on Israel so that his people and the rest of the world may know that he is the holy God, the God of Israel. Verse 17 tells us that in that day, in the day of Gog, he will be reminded that he is the one that God's prophet spoke of long ago. Verse 18-22 describes in detail God's judgment on this army that invades Israel. This is what will happen in that day. When Gog attacks the land of Israel, my hot anger will be aroused, declares the sovereign Lord. In my zeal and fiery wrath I declare that at that time there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. The fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the beasts of the field, every creature that moves along the ground, and all the people on the face of the earth will tremble at my presence. The mountains will be overturned, the cliffs will crumble, and every wall will fall to the ground i will summon a sword against gog on my mountains on all my mountains declares the sovereign lord every man's sword will be against his brother i will execute judgment on him with plague and bloodshed i will pour down torrents of rain hailstones and burning sulfur on him and on his troops and on the many nations with him this sounds like you know classic you know tribulation judgment from god Uh, He is very consistent with his methods, to say the least. And here we see another scene like we saw during the tribulation period. The whole earth trembles at his presence. There is the all too familiar earthquake, um, except this one is isolated to the land of Israel, because obviously that's where the army is at. Uh, Then like before the mountain, you know, when I say before, like in tribulation, uh, during the judgments of tribulation, um, like that time in this at this point, the mountains will, um, will be overturned. They'll, they'll come crashing down, basically, and the cliffs will will fall as the mountains crumble, and all the walls will fall to the ground. So after the world is rebuilt for the millennial kingdom, God will destroy it partially once more to show his great power to the nations. Then we see another familiar tactic that God uses against his enemies. He causes the army to turn on one another killing each other god's people will not have you know to fight at all god says he will execute judgment on Gog with plague and bloodshed he causes a massive storm of rain hailstones and burning sulfur to fall on Gog and all the nations with him and verse 23 you know tells us you know god reiterates why all this had to happen this way and so he said and it says and so I will show my greatness and my holiness, and I will make myself known in the sight of many nations, then they will know that I am the Lord. We have to understand that these nations have had a long time to come to faith, but have chosen their sin nature over faith in Jesus. Now, they have profaned the name of God so long enough, so God will use them to show his holiness and glory to all the world by executing judgment on them for their wicked hearts that refuse to put their faith in Jesus and in him. chapter 39, Ezekiel goes on to give even more details regarding the defeat of this great army by the Lord, saying God will strike the bow out of their left hand and the arrows will drop from their right hand. This indicates the weapons being uh, obviously made of wood, as well as the primitive nature of the weaponry used in this battle. You know, in, chapters 30, in chapter 39, verse 4 through 5, God says they will fall and he will give them as food to the birds and beasts of the field like he did to the army that attacked Jerusalem under the leadership of the Antichrist at the end of the tribulation period, you know, at the battle of Armageddon. Then in verse 6, here in chapter 39, God says that he will send fire on Magog. Remember, that is the land that all these nations basically Uh, and great army came from. So God will punish all the wicked in those lands, as well as those on the coastlands, which is where some of them came from as well. So God doesn't just punish the armies that gather around Jerusalem. He punishes the lands that they came from as well. Then in verse seven, God says, I will make known my holy name among my people. I will no longer let my Uh, I will no longer let my holy name be profaned and the nations will know that I am the Lord, uh, the holy one in Israel. That is three times now that God has stated his purpose, each time bringing more clarity to his purpose. That means we should take notice in the end. God will not allow the wicked to go unpunished and the world will know he is the Lord and Israel will see the holiness of God as he defends them just as he promised. Ezekiel 39, 9-10 through 10 says, Then those who live in the towns of Israel will go out and use the weapons for fuel and burn them up, the small and large shields, the bows and arrows, the war clubs and spears. For seven years, they will use them for fuel. They will not need to gather wood from the fields or cut it from the forest because they will use the weapons uh, for fuel. This lets you know that the majority of the weapons and equipment are wooden, as well as how large the quantity of these weapons will be. And they will not have to look for wood to burn for seven years. It will take them seven years to burn up all these wooden uh, weapons from this battle. You know, that they collect, you know, for seven years they will collect the weapons and use them for firewood. So that tells you just how vast and numerous uh this sea of just weapons laying around must be yeah that's a lot of weapons this begins though this begins the seven year cleansing period that takes place as soon as the battle is over verse 11 says that god will give gog and this great army a burial place in a valley east of the sea the sea being the mediterranean sea and the most prominent valley in that area is the jordan river valley but in that day, it will be called the Valley of Haman Gog, which means a horde of Gog. There will be so many buried there that it will block the way for any traveling through. And the Jewish people cannot travel over the graves of, or burial places of the dead. So it will block the way for anyone passing through. Verse 12-14, God says that for the first seven months of this seven-year cleansing period, the Israelites will initially be burying the dead in order to cleanse the land then he goes further and says that all the people of the land will go out to bury the dead and they will remember that they will remember the day god destroyed their enemies he says that people will continually be employed along with along with others meaning gentiles too they will spread out across the land burying any dead body they come across Then after the seven months, there will be a more detailed search uh, and any bones that they come across will be marked until a grave digger can come and see to their official burial. This will be carried out until the land is cleansed of the dead. And of course, they'll continue to burn the weapons until all of them are used up as well. Repeatedly, God states that from that day, his people will know that he is Lord. But in verse 26, God says something interesting. He says, they will forget their shame and all the unfaithfulness they showed toward me when they lived in safety in their land with no one to make them afraid. So it would seem that during the millennial kingdom, there are those with a sin nature that even though they are saved, they, are, they were not always faithful during that time. But God will take away the shame and sin of unfaithfulness, which indicates that they are saved by grace it also sheds more light on why god brought the great army of Gog upon israel during the kingdom they had no enemies to make them afraid they had no way to see god's promise of protection and they got complacent in their faith so god gave them a reason and a means by which they could be reminded of his faithfulness and of his of just who he is This again shows that God will go to extreme measures to show grace and mercy to his people and to anyone who might still have a chance to come to faith in him. This is the nature of God. Grace and mercy are at the center of who he is. It doesn't just extend to Israel. It extends to all those who put their faith in him, and I for one am grateful for it. I keep saying it. This study is all about showing the grace and mercy of God through the study of Revelation and what is to come one day. Okay, guys, that is it. After the thousand years is up, there is an unknown period of time, maybe years, that is used to assemble the armies of Gog for that final battle. Then after God destroys this great army, there is a seven-year period of cleansing uh, that takes place. Now that all unbelief has been destroyed, meaning there are no more more unbelievers on the earth, only believers remain and they are left to cleanse the land during the seven year period. Also at the end of the battle, John tells us in Revelation 20.10 that the devil who deceived the nations is thrown into the lake of fire with the Antichrist and false prophet where they will remain in torment for eternity and with that the final enemy is defeated and and sent to his eternal punishment, and all unbelief has been purged from the earth. Next comes the judgment of the dead, which is the great white throne judgment, where all the dead slash unbelievers throughout human history are brought before the throne of God and judged for their unbelief. Join me next time as we pick up with the throne judgment and then, of course, the new heaven and new earth comes Uh, which is untainted by sin and the garden of Eden is restored. God, thank you for your promises and for your faithfulness. I pray that as we walk in your ways, that we take time to praise you for your faithfulness. I pray that you would allow us to see with our spirit and see your hand moving in our lives and in the lives of those around us. We are your people, Lord, and you are our God. Guide us with your spirit, teach us your ways, speak to our hearts, and let your praises forever be on our lips. Amen.